quick throw left side, has the first down and more up the sideline, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Houston. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now it's Texans All Access. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that gets you in touch with your Houston Texans. It's Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer with you, fresh off vacation by seconds, just rolled back into town, literally joined by my good friend John Harris. Johnny, how's it going tonight? I am doing well. I am glad that you are back safe and sound. I mean, we obviously did a bunch of radio over the last few days, um, but it's always good to have you back home, my friend. Well, it's fun to be home, and look, I want to say right off the bat here, as you've been saying every night, we know there's a gigantic story going on with the Houston Texans quarterback right now, but we are not going to comment on that. Legal matters, of course. People understand that uh, we won't comment on such things, so we'll see how that plays out. In the meantime, this is a football show, unless we are talking about great intros to songs Like, somehow that crept into the conversation last night after you mentioned the guitar video you sent me. Then you said, what's the best piano intro or intros? And then we got tweets after hours. So, I mean, I'm getting a tweet from uh, my friend who uh, basically is uh, very high up in Bluebell Ice Cream who said, uh, what about Bob Seger, old-time rock and roll for piano intro? And I'm like, yeah, sorry. I I just missed it. Sorry. That's a good one. In fact, I got a couple about that one. But maybe tonight we'll do drum intros. Who knows? But let's drum up this now. Uh, Nick Casario is still wheeling and dealing as we speak. I don't know how the man gets the energy, but, you know, it's well over 20 players we're talking about. The acquisitions in the last week, Johnny, and it's been voluminous. There's no question about that. But let's talk about some of these guys as I've been able to sort of put together a roster here that is definitely in flux. I want to be clear on that. A roster that is not an official roster. It is something that's very much in flux. I don't know what it's going to look like when it's all put together, especially past Labor Day. But I want to talk about some of these position groups. We mentioned tight ends a bit last night. Uh, but I want to start here with with defensive backs because I just think it's so interesting to see how they could put this secondary together because when you talk about players that and again these have not been released officially by the team but we've all read the reports when you talk about guys like Terrence Brooks at safety and Desmond King at corner and I don't know how they're going to fit in Johnny but what do you think here give me your top four guys as you see it with what's on the roster right now again guys can come and go between now and when it's meaningful, but we have what we have here on March 19th. Look, if we are playing a game tomorrow, which that's weird to say in March, but then again, yeah. I am calling March football games and have two already this year. Mm. But I would say if we're playing a game tomorrow, the two outside corners would be Bradley Roby and Terrence Mitchell. And I think the two safeties would be Eric Murray and Justin Reed, and the nickel would be Desmond King. That's that's how I think you would go about it. I think in a, if you're in a three safety look, I think Terrence Brooks would be part of that uh, that mix. I think AJ Moore could be part of that mix. I mean AJ Moore last year, when the Texans, I'll, I'll never forget, we were up in Pittsburgh, week three. It's warmer ish, and. You know, so late in the game, you know, later in the game, guys are starting to, you know, they're starting to show some fatigue. And I just remember AJ having so much energy. And then he covered a deep route down the field. 
and he tweaked his hamstring, ripped it, tore it. I don't know. He, he did something bad to his hamstring. He was out for a few weeks. I think that set the defense in motion to struggle, especially in the secondary going forward. I think A.J. Moore makes for a very good third safety. I think Terrence Brooks could fit in that mix. I think Eric Murray played out of position all year. I think Eric Murray had to play nickel. He had to play down in the slot. That's not his gig. When he was playing at safety in training camp, I felt like that was where he was playing the best. And I think that's his best fit. When he got here, I felt like, oh, you know, he's a safety nickel. And no, he's a safety now. And I think he would probably be the guy next to Justin Reed right now. And I think Desmond King would end up being the nickel. And obviously he and Vernon Hargraves would have a competition to be uh, at that particular spot. But that's the way that I would go with the four. And then I would go with Desmond King at the nickel and then rock and roll from there. I think, and I said this, I don't know how many weeks ago we talked about this. I think the best thing for Vernon is getting more outside corners. They don't, feel the need to push him back outside. I think Vernon's got to stay inside. What I feel like Nick has done, especially in the secondary, is he's given, he's, he's given that group options. Now, is he going to turn around and be a no-fly zone and be the best group in the league? I wouldn't bet on it yet because you still have got to have – you still have got to have more outside corners than just Terrence Mitchell and Bradley Roby and feel really, really good about it. Look, you got Keon Cross and – and you got Cornell Armstrong, who have done good things, especially Keon the last few games. But I think Keon is a great third corner, that if you need him, he's there. If you're going to play a, a lot of man against a particular team, then maybe he ends up being the nickel. But I think Desmond King's a will football player, and I think he makes a really good fit. But I think the draft will also provide two, maybe even three more pieces. And those guys have got to be able to step in at either position. But what I thought was interesting, Mark, I was sitting in my car today. I take my computer to the store or to the Apple store to get it fixed. And so I was sitting there, and one of you, either you or Drew, texted something about the punter, according to reports that Nick has now signed Camp Johnson, Australian, which was very, very cool. And I was like, that's every single position except for one. Nick has added this offseason, from the time he got here until now, he has added at least one player at every position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, interior line, offensive tackle, interior D-line, defensive end, stack linebacker, safety, corner, and slot, and punter, and long snapper. He's added a player at every single position. I don't think I've ever seen that in my, in my lifetime, ever. But that's what he's done, and he's obviously added those pieces in the secondary, which you got to step up. And they may be, of all the people he's added, I think those are the ones that are going to have to be able to play right away. Multiple players at various position groups, and I think it's a great point you just make, you know, about how that's going to change the look of this roster completely. And when I flip to the offensive side, we'll get back to defense in just a few moments here, but when I flip to the offensive side, when I look at guys like Mark Ingram, and Tyron Taylor, you know, in the locker room, leaders, guys who have been around the block, this is going to help the football team. And when we talk about Taylor at quarterback, well, another quarterback made the news today as the Texans acquired Ryan Finley in a trade. And people think, oh, a trade. Well, this was the report I saw. It was a six for a seven and Finley. And Finley, I saw his base salary is less than a million. 
what this did was assure yeah. that you would get him and you wouldn't have to negotiate with him. You just get him right. at what he's making, which is not a whole lot. And he becomes depth at the quarterback position, which obviously you need. So, look, I'm not sure how it plays out and how much he plays. We want entertaining preseason games. Johnny, this better not ruin my dream of having, you know, Elliot <laughs> or somebody like that on the roster and making my preseason fourth quarter very entertaining. This better not ruin that dream. But I don't might. think it will. Right. I don't think it. I don't think it will. I mean, I, look, we have at that position we don't know what will transpire whether finley's the three or the two at this point whether tyrod is the one or the two we, we don't know but i still think regardless those are those two guys have to get a lot of time with the players that they're going to play with i mean this the preseason games are going to take on a whole different flavor because nobody has played with one another they've never yeah. been alongside one another yeah. i mean so you, you're not going to get all of that in, in training camp. You know, last year's crew that was coming back in 2020, and there was a good majority of them that had played together, Fuller and Stills. Um, yeah, you added Cobb and, and Cooks, but, you know, at least Fuller and Stills had been there. All the tight ends had been there. Love of the line was coming back. There's a lot of fam familiarity with all of that. This year, that is, that is not the case. So you're going to need those preseason games. Uh, to get everybody on the same page, to get everybody acclimated uh, to one another. And so I think that's going to be a great opportunity for those two quarterbacks, Taylor and Finley, to get a lot of reps. But also, like you said, fourth quarter, I think a rookie gets added to this mix. And I don't know. I, I, I've said I, I think Sam makes for a really great fit because, you know, maybe he turns into a poor man's Taysom Hill in so, at some point. You know, becomes your goal line quarterback if you need it. Both Ryan Finley, you get a former third or fourth round pick and you lock him in basically for a sixth and you get a seventh back. So you really kind of, instead of taking a guy in sixth or feel like you had to take a guy in sixth or seventh round, if you don't like those guys at that point or you have one or two of the players that you have your eyes on, then go through the undrafted process. Bring back, you know, somebody or you're bringing another guy that maybe isn't even drafted or maybe. Um, has been kicking around the XFL or one of those other leagues to come in, you know, a, a Philip Walker type who is great for the Roughnecks, et cetera. So I think there are options there, but I just – you you don't give up a whole heck of a lot to go out and get Ryan Finley to be your backup quarterback in, in whatever capacity. So I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. He's got some talent. He's got some ability. Uh, he is a football gym rat apparently, and I think he's going to be the consummate professional, whatever role he's asked to participate in. I heard uh, Ron, the show, and Clint talking this afternoon, joking around about how, man, the special teams will be the best in NFL history because all these guys virtually that they've signed are really good special teams players. Yep. When I say all these guys, but so many of, you know, the defensive backs, linebackers, when you look at these receivers, and it is pretty interesting, Johnny. We were talking earlier in the week about, hey, the return game competition Whoever gets to return kicks, that's going to be strong. It got stronger. I mean, you had, yeah. you had Alex Erickson to the mix. I mean, you're adding people who obviously want to be heard from, and the competition's going to be hot and heavy there. I look at the receiver position, and <laughs> look, it's not like you signed Chad Ochocinco in his prime and Terrell Owens and all these players, but what you have here is competition. I thought you were pretty thick already at the receiver position if you made no changes. I thought you had a pretty good crew as it was. 
uh, with a healthy Randall Cobb in the mix, along with QT Cooks, Hanson, who did some things last year, Stephen Mitchell, mm-hmm. who we know can play a little bit. But you added these other players, Alex Erickson, Dante Moncrief, Chris Moore, Andre Roberts. This is going to be fun watching them shake through this. And again, we are still in March. Changes could and probably will be made. Draft choices will be made as well. We'll see how it all plays out. But from where you are right now, it's a lot of guys to sink your teeth into as far as how they're going to work out playing time, reps in training camp, who eventually starts. I think we could project that right now, but you never know how it's going to go once they hit the field. No doubt. And I think what they've done, getting a guy like Chad Hansen in the last five weeks of the year to show up and play the way that he did. I mean, that was, you know, found money, Kiki QT taking his game up to a different level. But, you know, the one thing, Mark, we don't have buffets anymore thanks to COVID. But, you know, one of the great things about going to a buffet was you can kind of try everything out. Try it all out. You know, you want the crab rangoon over here or do you want the fettuccine alfredo? It doesn't matter. I'll just try it out and see which ones I like. But I can dabble kind of with all of them that are there. And that's kind of the way you look at this receiver core. I don't know if it'll – I don't know if it'll go, I think – I think there's, and I, by my count, there's nine or 10. I don't know if they'll go that deep in training camp, but my gosh, last year, remember training camp? We didn't have mm-hmm. the top four receivers on the field together any one day. It was like one guy one day, it was three guys the next day, then it was two guys, and it was one guy, and sometimes it was no guys. They never were on the field together. And it just really, it was, it made the first two or three weeks really difficult because they were still kind of getting hang on one another by weeks three or four because they had not played together. So I think with the receiver position, the more the merrier because you just keep guys healthy, guys get opportunity, and away you go. And I think you're going to end up drafting a rookie and bringing in another guy as well, uh, whether, it's, whether it's drafting a guy that's got some running back ability, you know, kind of a weapon X guy, call him, you know, I could play some running back, play some in the slot, can do some different things, kind of an offensive weapon sort of guy. You know, I think you can have that. But I still think you're bringing more to the party. Absolutely bringing more to the party. But to me, you mentioned it. The one thing that really kind of stood out, almost every guy has return abilities that they signed. Andre Roberts, Alex Erickson, Tremont Smith, uh, Desmond King. Those guys, they all have return abilities. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy, but at that point, it's creating a lot of competition to see how those spots are going to all shake out. And I've, you know, I'm, you know me, I've always said that the more competition, the merrier. And you let the cream rise, and those are going to be the, the 46 to 47 you put on game day on the 54, 55 man roster, whatever the number is now, uh, and away you go. All those guys aren't going to make it, but they all know. Look, it's a one year deal. It's a prove it deal, regardless. So they're going to come to offseason, they're going to come to training camp, and they're going to try and prove they belong in the NFL still. Uh, and training camp is going to be that opportunity to prove it. I think you made a great point also in our little text thread about just take us back to 2019, the last non-COVID season, and the win of the year maybe was the one against the Chiefs. It was certainly one of them. Regular yeah. season victory up there in October. And how many players will have flipped from that squad to whatever you're putting out there in 2021. And, you know, obviously the quarterback is the quarterback situation. But when we look beyond that, Johnny, when you look at Nick Martin, who's now a Raider, you know, he's Mm -hmm. gone. I mean, so many names, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, who 
left last year. You have no J.J. Watt on the field. I mean, the list goes on and on. I think it was about half the guys or maybe over half of those players, those starters, would not be with the Texans in 2021. It's that dramatic a shift in the roster. And you know, obviously hope it's successful. But you know that Nick Casario is just getting started here. It's not just getting started here for 2021, but getting started for his Texans tenure. And in fairness yeah. to him, you know, it's funny. It's the same way with Bill O'Brien when he came in to this extent. When Bill O'Brien came in, you know, and he's a head coach coming in. His first NFL head coaching job was a coach at Penn State. I don't have to give you his whole resume, but he was taking over a 2-14 and 14 football team. Now, it might not have really been a 2-14 and 14 team, but that was their record, okay? That's how they performed record-wise, and Bill Parcells always said, you are what your record says you are. Well, Nick Casario comes in here as GM. He's taken over a 4-12 and 12 football team that did not have – it had some injuries, but did not have – just a killer amount of injuries. It wasn't a yeah. debilitating amount of injuries. And obviously had the coaching change after week four, but they still went four and 12. And look, I'm the first to tell you how close some of these games were, how they played 10 one score games and they won only two of those one score games, but it is what it is. You lost those games. So he just sees a situation where we're paying too much here. We need to pay less here. We need to be this kind of team. We're have the, we have the Lovey Smith defense coming in. We got to gear up for that. And he's making these moves. So you pointed it out. You're going to have over half the starters turned over from that squad. And yep. when it's all said and done, I can't wait to see the final number from 53 versus 53 from even 2020 to 2021. You know it's going to be a lot. Yeah, there's no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Even players that we got used to seeing around here for a long time. You mentioned Nick Martin, Brent Scarlett signing with the Miami Dolphins. Bernard McKinney traded to the Miami Dolphins. Those Will Fuller going to the Miami Dolphins, huh? Miami hey. Dolphins uh, theme. Uh, but it's just even, you know, one year over the next. And, you know, not having been, you know, I was in the building last year. I was lucky enough to be there with Suds and Nick uh, being COVID tested every day. But you know, it's going to get to a point where this roster turns over so much. When we all get back in the building, we're not going to know anybody. Everybody's going to be brand spanking new. We're not going to be able to go, hey, Brennan, come for an interview. Or, hey, Justin, come for an interview. It's going to be so completely different. But I'm ready for it. That, look, when you go 4-12 and 12 and you took, you took your shot in 2018-2019 with teams that had opportunities to do great things. But you got a little bit older. Contracts got a little bit higher. Changes were made. Not all great changes, but changes were made. And now you sort of hit the reset button. Uh, as Nick said on, on Sports Radio 610 with Sean and Seth, which I thought was interesting, they asked him whether he was rebuilding. He said, no, 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 it's more like resetting or restarting because every year is different. Well, this is a whole completely different thing. You mentioned it, Mark. When OB took over in 2014, that's a 2-14 team. It didn't feel like a 2-14 team. They obviously had just come off two – Big years at 11 and 12, and 13, the bottom just drops out. A bunch of one-score games completely lost. Everything goes haywire. OB was taking over a much better team than 2-14. and 14. This is a 4-12 and 12 team, and we lost a lot of one-score games, no doubt. But the talent level out there was 4-12 and 12 and needed a rejuvenation, if you will. And Nick has definitely done that through the free agency process. And now it's going to be moving on to two other aspects that are key. Obviously, we all know about the draft. Here's the other one, Mark, and I'll be really curious to see how Nick handles this. 
But in 2018, the very last day, obviously there were a million different things going on with 2018, 2019, et cetera. But the waiver claim process, A.J. Moore came through waivers. I'm trying to think who else. Oh, Buddy Howell came through waivers. The waiver claim process is massive. Kenny Moore, maybe the best nickel in the league, came through the waiver process to Indianapolis from New England. That's another area where you can get better when you watch all the different things happen. And the Texans at that point, I think, will have number four, uh, the number four slot for waiver claims. That's going to be another uh, opportunity to bring in three, four, maybe even five players. I've talked to different people around the league, scouts, even some GMs are like, man, you have to use that waiver wire process at the end of training camp like another draft. And if you do that, you might be able to find some players. And some teams have found them. We found them. You know, with A.J. Moore and Buddy Howe, those guys were key on special teams and started making their way on offense and defense. They were great waiver claims. That's another part of the process. That's down the road. That'll be after training camp. The draft is the next one to master and obviously the most important. Well, we have a lot of other things to discuss. Uh, we could go through these position groups all night long, and I think we'll continue to do, to do some of that. Also, from last night, we talked about the new TV deals, and I've had a lot of questions in the last 24 hours. Why is it so valuable? Why is it worth so much? I'll give you a couple of examples why that is. And since Johnny brought up the greatest intros in music history, guitar intros, and then the piano intros, what about drums? You got a drum intro for me or two, Johnny? I don't know if you do. I I know the greatest one of all time, and I don't think you have to look too far into that when you know me. But uh, we can do that because people like that fun stuff. And we will do all of that and more here on Texans Radio. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. When an unexpected injury or illness occurs, it's important to know where to go for quality care close to home. Houston Methodist Emergency Care Centers and Emergency Departments offer a full range of care 24-7, 365 days a year for patients of all ages. We are taking extra precautions to keep you safe. Isolating suspected coronavirus patients, screening all visitors, requiring masks, and enforcing social distancing. Visit HoustonMethodist.org ER to find a location near you. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Daikin. Hey, Texans fans, get a home field advantage this summer with Daikin Air Intelligence Tips you can use to beat the heat in your home. Learn how to lower your energy costs, reclaim your outdoor space, and breathe easier by improving your indoor air quality. It's all part of Daikin's Air Intelligence, and you can learn all about it by visiting daikinloveshouston.com. As one of Houston's largest employers, Daikin is doing big things for your fellow Texans. Check out their outstanding limited warranties and financing options at your local dealer today. Now back to the show. Going somewhere? The Texans mobile app. 
Don't leave home without it. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you on Texans Radio. Texans All Access, great to have you listening tonight. And again, I know the gigantic story circulating around sports, around town, around everywhere, but we will not comment on such things, legal matters here on this program. It's a Texans show and it's a football show, unless we decide it's more of a pop culture football show, which we can do at any time, all right? We are allowed legally to do that, and I don't mind because sometimes we bring up other topics. Now, one of the topics is NFL TV deals, which is obviously very related to the sport we know and love, Johnny. And we talked about it last night, how the league is basically doubling its money in TV revenue with the new deals kicking in over the next two to three years. And it's going to be fun stuff. And I keep getting questions about why is it so valuable? Why is it worth so much? And I was thinking about this. You know how when we have our staff meetings, John, and you are not mm-hmm. as seasoned as I. That seasoned is a code word for old, by the way, audience. Right. Uh, you are not quite as seasoned as I, but I, and I'm the most seasoned in the group. But we also have a lot of 20-somethings in the group. So when one of us drops a, a reference like, oh, charge it to the Underhills or something like that, <laughs> and the 20-somethings don't get it, well, it's pretty obvious why. They haven't seen the movie Fletch, and they're probably not going to. See, to them, Fletch is what, I don't know, the Marx Brothers was to me. Maybe not quite, but we're getting close to that territory, okay? This is a 30-year-old movie. Think about that for a moment. Not quite. Is it it 30 years yet? It's over 30 years. Oh, yeah. What am I saying? It's like 35. It's like like, 35, 36. What am I saying? So when I was a kid, now I'm going to give away my age, but I don't care. What, 1940, 1945? That would have put, you know, I don't know what was popular in 1940. Laurel and Hardy? Are you kidding? So we're dropping Laurel and Hardy references on these (laughs) 20-somethings? But the point is this. Back then, a reference like that would be mainstream media because everybody would see, not everybody would see the same movies, but we saw a lot of similar stuff. And then stuff was on TV, and it seemed like everybody saw it because there were limited options. Now with so many options, There's not as much mainstream media. The NFL is mainstream media, and that Mm -hmm. is hard to find in this day and age, and that's why the NFL commands the kind of dollars it does from these media outlets. They have no other way of of reaching this massive amount of people, right? Like when we were kids, if you said dynamite, it was Jimmy Walker on Good Times or something. Maybe you're a little too uh, young for that, but that kind of thing. Now it's like – if you drop a Game of Thrones reference like Red Wedding or something, well, <laughs> Red Wedding, you have to watch Game of Thrones to know what that is, or somebody has yeah. to fill you in. When we were kids, who shot JR? Everybody knew what you were talking about because everybody saw it and it was huge. Now, Red Wedding might be the, the biggest thing on TV, but it's still a little thing. But really, the biggest thing on TV is the NFL. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. The, the NFL reaches so many people for different reasons people you know obviously been following the nfl forever so they're tied into a particular team you have more people now playing fantasy football than ever you've got gamblers that gamble on the nfl every single sunday they want to know what's they want to know what's going on in the nfl we have all these quote-unquote reality shows on television mark the nfl is the best reality show that's ever been created oh boy It's the best. I mean, it it really is because it's not scripted. What's going to happen that particular day? We have no idea. I mean, could you have ever scripted two fumbles at the two yard line 
in three weeks against your hated rival to lose oh. by a score. You, you just mm-hmm. – that's – no, you couldn't. Hollywood could have tried that, and it would have come off just awful. Like, ah, it's too hokey. Yet, there we were, Lucas Oil, for the second time in three weeks, fumbling the ball at the two-yard line and losing, and then experiencing the just gut-punch reaction of, I can't believe we lost again. I mean, where else do you feel that? You get it from football. Yeah, the NBA, Major League Baseball, but you don't have quite that in those sports that you had with the NFL. To me, it's the greatest reality show on television and will be, I don't want to say forever, but I'd like to think in my lifetime, in our lifetime, that it will be. Everybody... Everybody that I know watches the NFL no matter what. Right. Well, and and look, this is why the league is always trying to make it better. And I go to those owners meetings. Now, I know it's been a little COVID canceled lately, but I love going to the meetings, Johnny, because Goodell gets up there in front of the owners and the coaches and the GMs and talks about the game and talks about what they're doing to improve it and how they're trying to fine-tuned things and I know some of the fans eye roll some of this stuff but the reason why they do that is because they've seen what what's happened to baseball okay and they've seen what's happened to basketball and you think well basketball is great you got LeBron you got listen basketball (laughs) is not doing what it did in the 90s with Michael Jordan or the 80s with Magic and Larry it's just not it's just not having that kind of impact on this country anyway as it did then and i think there are a lot of reasons that go into it i love hoops i love the nba i always watch it i'm a big fan but i think you need more fans right but to your point the nfl has a ton of fans now this game is different i follow an account called old time football i know you do too (laughs) i love it because they'll just show like 40 second highlights from old games and you'll see guys like jack tatum taking receivers out now (laughs) when we talk about daryl stingley was awful of course uh, we don't want to talk about that, but receivers used to pay a huge price for going across the middle. Yep. And now I think that the advantage is theirs, right? Now yeah. it's like, I'll go across the middle. No one can touch me. If they do, they're, they're going to get thrown in jail, basically. So I'm going right across the middle. Back then, you know, the guys did it, but they knew that there was a price to pay. The game has changed. They've opened it up. It's more appealing than ever. And you were bringing up the Texans. Uh, drama on the field with the botched snap against the Colts and what happened a couple of weeks later and everything like that. Go macro here. Just look at Brady himself. I mean, we yeah. see Brady go to the Bucks and win the Super Bowl. You can't write that. That's ridiculous. It's not going to happen, but it did. And that's the NFL. And you have stories like that. And, you know, I'm not a big Brady guy. You know that. I liked rooting for the old guy this year until he was about to win it. That I thought, well, I didn't really want to see it happen. I kind of liked it. <laughs> it was kind of like watching Jimmy Connors in the U.S. Open back in the day when he was making that big run as old yeah, Jimmy yeah. Connors. Although I kind of wanted to see him finish that job. I don't know if I really wanted to see Brady finish the job. But I certainly didn't want to see the Chiefs win. So I guess I got what I wanted. Well, that that was my whole point. I'd gotten – I've grown – um, tired, mm-hmm. fatigue of of the Chiefs and just their fans in particular. And I like, okay, look, it isn't that easy to win a Super Bowl. And you guys went to three FC Championship games. You won two of them. You won a Super Bowl. You're not the greatest thing since sliced bread. You're not. You just got pounded in the Super Bowl, thirty-one to nine. 
And it was like just seeing them kind of get a comeuppance. I was kind of glad that it was Brady and the Bucks that did it. I was very, very happy to see the Chiefs go down. And if it was Brady administering the beatdown, fine. Fine. We don't have to face Tom Brady. At least we won't until next year if he's still with the Bucks. Yeah. He would be it would be in Houston though. It would be in Houston the last time he was in Houston. Uh, he took a beat down. So uh, I'd be all for that. Which, by the way, I thought about this the other day for some reason. I don't know why it's popped in my head. We're 2-0 against the Patriots in the last two games. we got a winning streak against them. That's kind of cool, actually. It's so cool. But I want one up there. And yeah, I've got to have one here. up there. They're coming here again. And Belichick is getting a lot of praise for what he's done. He's getting some question marks, but a lot of praise. Uh, Mike Lombardi really praised the heck out of him, but you know, of course. you can see that coming to a degree. Uh, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other stuff going on around the NFL as Texans All Access continues. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. It's Mattress Firm's semi-annual sale, where you can save up to $300 on our top-rated brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 on Sealy. Or buy Tempur-Pedic and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Shop Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and more with our sleep experts today to find your best sleep. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale. The winner of the March Houston Texans Star of Courage Award presented by Apache is Larry Hill. After a long career as a paramedic, Larry founded Medic Outpost, a nonprofit based in Houston that supplies basic life support equipment and gently used medical equipment and training to rural communities in Africa, Central America, and Mexico. With COVID-19, Medic Outpost shifted their focus to battle COVID-19 in Texas by building and supplying intubation boxes, PPE, and other needed equipment to hospitals in West Texas. Thank you, Larry, for all you do. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you in part by Apache Corporation. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation help power cleaner electricity, enable access to food, education, and healthcare, and connect us to those we love. We are committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. That's ApacheCorp.com. Now here's the show. Don't miss a moment of your Houston Texans 365 days a year. Download the Houston Texans mobile app. It's the show that gets you in touch with your Houston Texans, and sometimes we go around the entire National Football League. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Texans all access. All right, Johnny, I promise this. Uh, the Patriots making a lot of news as we look around the league here. Uh, with all their acquisitions, Mike Lombardi really praising them big time today, getting back to their core. Look. Last I checked, their core was having excellent quarterbacks lead them, most notably Tom Brady for two decades. But even before that, with Drew Bledsoe, no slouch at all, ladies and gentlemen, and actually led them <laughs> to a Super Bowl in 1996 and came off the bench to help them win the AFC Championship game in Brady's first Super Bowl season 
I thought that was a moment that maybe we forget. You know, we don't really acknowledge that enough. Drew Bledsoe was a really talented quarterback, and so was Cam Newton, by the way. But what we saw last year was not MVP caliber Cam Newton. So I'm wondering how that's going to go. I'm wondering who ultimately calls signals for them. Maybe it is him. They're certainly a lot stronger. Just the opt-outs coming back was going to make them a lot better, never mind what they've done in free agency. Your thoughts on their situation. You mentioned the Texans have a two-game winning streak against them. I'd like to see that continue. Yeah, I will say I was a little surprised to see them in free agency go the way that they did. Then again, I thought, you know, Belichick has done that before where he has recognized a need, and then he went out and satisfied that need. There's one year when he looked at his receivers and went, okay, these guys aren't getting it done. Uh, let me go trade for Randy Moss. And then I'm going to go trade for Wes Welker. And he brought them in in 2007, became one of the greatest offenses of all time. Belichick has done this before. I think because we have, not just us, but throughout the NFL world, I've talked about the fact that buying your way through free agency is not going to be successful for the most part. Look, we in 2017, we saw it happen for the Jags. A.J. Boye, Clays Campbell, they jumped in, Barry Church, and they were starters right away. They were dominant. They both went to the Pro Bowl, and it worked. It worked. It worked for a year. And then 18, they slipped down. 19 was even worse. And then by 20, they were both gone somewhere else. So very rarely do you hit on a number of different free agents. But if you start looking at the pieces they added, you look at Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, like, oh, boy, that could be interesting. Okay, kind of like what, they, what they've done there. Then on the defensive yeah. line, the things that they've done. They spent money, but then when you dive a little deeper into the contracts, you realize, okay, it's not – it's excessive comparatively to other teams in the league, but they still have cap space, and they didn't go way overboard in giving a ton of guaranteed money across the board. So – it just looked like every time that you looked up, like, oh, man, they're signing this guy. They're signing that guy. I think the biggest thing they did was they re-signed two of their own dudes, Dietrich Wise defensive end and center David Andrews. Those are two huge re-signings. Then they're going to get guys back from the opt-outs. They're going to be pretty tough again. It's just a matter of whether Cam Newton can stay healthy and he's got anything left in the tank or whether they're going to draft a quarterback, make a move to draft a quarterback, and put that guy under center and see what he's able to do. I think it's going to be Cam to start, but eventually it's going to be a rookie or a young guy that they put in. I don't know if it's Jared Stidham. I know Jared Stidham would like for it to be Jared Stidham, but I just don't think that's the way they want to go. I think they want to, with that pick number 15 maneuver to maybe go get a quarterback, maybe it's Mac Jones at number 15 for them. But I don't want to say I fear them because, honestly, Brady's gone. I don't fear them anymore. Mm -hmm. Because until Brady comes back to sign his one-day contract to retire a Patriot, uh, I won't worry about the Patriots from that perspective ever again. All right, let's throw it back into the division here because Jacksonville making a lot of moves that are turning heads. But the quarterback situation, we all assume it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, the head coach. So opening day, the Texans are playing the Jags, for instance. Is Lawrence starting for Jacksonville? Let's say they pick him. Does Meyer start him right away, or does he want to let him watch for a bit, a la Mahomes and Alex Smith in Kansas City? Now, he does not have an Alex Smith available right now. That's and Alex the, Smith that, was a heck of a, a starter yes. to have Mahomes watch. That's the, that's the key. 
I think – now, Mahomes would have had a pretty good offensive line to throw behind regardless. But there was no need to do it because you had Alex Smith there. I think that year – I think when Patrick Mahomes' career is over, he's going to look back and, and thank Andy Reid and the Chiefs because I think that year was, was great for him. Step back, learn the game, learn how it's supposed to go, learn from a consummate professional, and away you go. I don't think it's going to be that way in Jacksonville. The thing is, they've got a pretty solid offense line. Not the best in the league, not the worst. It's solid. They just added some more pieces out at wide receiver uh, along with DJ Chark, who I think is one of the more emerging, uh, one of the better receiving threats in the league. They added Marvin Jones. Point being, when Patrick Mahomes was plopped into that Chiefs offense, everything else was ready to go around him. The Jags have done a pretty nice job of putting those pieces together to plop Lawrence right in there and be the guy from the beginning. Take your lumps. However, you're not going to get sacked 60 times with this offensive line we have. You're going to be fine. Get the ball out. Let your weapons do some work. We got you some weapons. He's not walking into a bad situation offensively. I think Trevor Lawrence will start day one. All right. So Monday Night Football, we talked about it with this new NFL deal about to kick in within the next couple of years. And the networks are a little bit staggered uh, with these deals, especially the Thursday night package. But flex scheduling available for Disney on Monday Night Football, 12 day notice, fair or not, Johnny, because now if you've decided to travel to a Sunday game, want it to take your family to Indianapolis to watch the Texans yeah. play in December and all of a sudden that game becomes a Monday nighter is that fair what are your thoughts for people who travel especially or people who just want to go to the game on a Sunday afternoon and then all of a sudden it's a Monday nighter in the home market and it changes things with the kiddos going to the game because it's late especially on the east coast what do you think yeah I mean that was the first thought I had was about our our guys, Tom Aiden, who does a lot of the travel, Khalil Reed's done it over the past, that you get this all set up. You've got 160-some-odd rooms you got to get at a hotel, and you get it all set up for Saturday night. And then, oh, yeah, we got to push all those rooms to the next night. And that's very difficult from that for them. I mean, hugely difficult because they plan those things really, I mean, months in advance. So those are the guys I think about. And you're right. The fans are the other ones I think about. Hey, we're going to go see this game in, you know, I don't know, in, in uh, Miami. And that thing's getting bumped to Monday night. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Sunday afternoon versus Monday night. I got a Sunday night flight to get back for work on Monday. And also the game gets moved to Monday. I, I think there are going to be fewer cases of that. But there are a lot of, I should say, problems. There are a lot of logistical things that are going to that are going to take place. But I feel like the NFL was buoyed by the success they had last year, which was, Hey, we had to play this game Monday. No, we're moving Tuesday. No, we're going to move to Wednesday. The thing they didn't have to worry about was 70,000 people moving and changing their plans. That's the one thing they didn't have to worry about that they will have to worry about with this. So I'm willing to give it a shot to see if Monday night football can get some better matchups in December and, and on its early January. But I'm concerned that's going to be a problem, and the NFL is going to hear about it from its fans, maybe even from some of the team members. I got one more for you. We'll do the rest of the position groups next week because, look, the show goes on. The show goes on forever. Anyway, I'll stop singing right now. But I will ask you this. The NCAA tournament is underway. Sorry, Buckeyes. The NCAA tournament is underway. So other than football, college and pro, 
if you don't have a dog in the fight, is this the best sporting event to watch? Like, I don't really enjoy the World Series if the Astros aren't in it. The NBA Finals, I do love them. I do really love them. Yeah. But there's something about this that is unbelievable, especially these early rounds. My gosh, it's so exciting. Well, the thing about it is you have so many different teams. You know, if it's NBA Finals, it's Lakers or Celtics, it's Bulls or Warriors. You've got 68 different teams you can pick from if you don't have a dog in the fight. So pick one, roll with it, and see where you go. And that's what makes it really fun, like watching Ohio State lose today. I was cheering – so hard for Earl Roberts to win. Yep. I don't care for the Buckeyes all that much, but I was cheering for them to win. I didn't watch a game of them all year, but I wanted to win that game, and I was going crazy when they ended up winning it. So that, to me, is what makes it great. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot for the time, and we'll talk next week. All right, thanks, Mark. All right, go to the Texans app, HoustonTexans.com, for all the information on your Houston Texans. Thank you, Brandon, for producing. Have a great weekend, everyone, and go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Welcome to Louisiana's largest casino resort. Come to Cachada Casino Resort and play the largest gaming floor in the Lake Charles area with thousands of the newest, most exciting slots, over 65 table games, live poker and off-track betting, plus beautiful hotels, award-winning cuisine, and the number one rated golf course in Louisiana. Experience good old Louisiana hospitality Cachada style at Cachada Casino Resort, Louisiana's best bet. The Houston Texans and Amogee Bank have teamed up to present the Small Business Boost. This program supports small businesses with $2,500 and Texans promotional assets. The first winner of 2021 is The Arts, a local black-owned business founded in 2016 that is the largest aerial arts and circus studio in Houston. The Arts is an inclusive space, offering a wide range of classes for ages 2 to 102, where people of all abilities can come work out. For more info and to nominate your favorite small business, visit HoustonTexans.com slash Business Boost. Business Boost.